Now, uh, last week we started a new series uh, called Deeper, and I'm so excited about this series. I'm so excited to share with you some of the things uh, that I have learned in this lockdown season, um, uh, really about what it is to go deeper with God. And for me, the first question that I was asking myself was, what is the difference between deep and shallow? And, and so if, if I have a shallow relationship or if something is shallow, uh, when, when, when it's shallow, you have control. But when it's deep, there's a flow. When it's shallow, it's superficial and surface. But when it's deep, you know there's more. When it's shallow, there's a limitation. But when it's deep, it's unrestricted. When it's shallow, that's about religion. But when it's deep, that's about relationship. When it's shallow, you kind of walk out your life like, hey, Jesus, you follow me, right? You kind of go where I go. I'll take you to the mall with me. And if you can help me find a car park, that would be great. But when it's deep, Jesus doesn't follow you. You follow Him. And where He goes, that's where you go. And and, and you're close enough and you can hear Him. And really the challenge for me, and and I pray for you in this season, is that we go deeper. That Jesus isn't an addition to our lives, but Jesus is the focal point of our lives. And so I went to the Word of God because my immediate question after that was, well, how? How do I go deeper? What does that look like? And I landed on Matthew and chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And it holds two incredible truths that give us language about how we can go deeper, what it looks like to go deeper. And so I'll read you the message version, which says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything ill-fitting or heavy on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And And today I just wanna highlight those two truths of what it is to go deeper in God. It is simple. It may not be easy, but it is simple. It is to walk with Him and it is to work with Him. And this whole season of uh, lockdown, I don't know about you, but I've just been sensing the presence of God to come close, to walk closer than I have ever walked before. I can sense the invitation of God and God speaking and saying that there is nothing, that there is no obstacle that can separate us from Him. And even in this moment, I really believe that God wants to speak to people and God wants to minister to your heart that nothing, nothing can separate you from His love, not death, not life, not angels or demons, not our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, nothing in the sky above or the earth below. Nothing can separate us from God. And if anything deeper is us 
coming to the realisation that God wants us close, as close as possible. And so I pray, my prayer for you today as you're um, streaming in online from wherever you are, my prayer is we come close. We learn what it is to walk with Him. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Hey, while you're in your lounge, why don't you give Dan, Dan a hand? Look at him, he's doing so well. Thanks, mate. He's gonna come back at the end of the message. What a blessing. But I really do believe that in this time, it's so important that we understand that depth in our relationship with Jesus is about coming close. In the very beginning in Genesis 3, we see with Adam and Eve, when they first uh, came into the garden and they were tempted by the serpent and they sinned, the first casualty of sin was relationship. And we see that in, in Genesis 3, they sewed fig leaves together, and catch this, they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And it just struck me this week, I thought, who on earth were they covering up for? Was it the animals? Was it the trees? Well, well no, actually, they were covering themselves from each other. That the first casualty of sin was relationship, and it was there was a gap, there was distance already. Already, the attack on depth of relationship first in the in the Garden of Eden, and since then it has been the redemptive narrative of our good, good God to close that gap. And at the end of Jesus's life on earth in John 15, we see he says these beautiful words to his disciples. He told the 12 disciples, no longer are you my servants, you are my friends. Now catch that. That's an immediate deepening of relationship that we've been walking together for three years, he's saying to these disciples, but now there's a shift, there's a deepening. And so as, I, as I'm looking at the Word of God and as we look at the Word of God together, you see that there's a transition taking place the whole time Jesus is with his disciples. And I don't know about you, but I think, I mean, I find it a little bit hilarious. Jesus is on the boat and he's warning the disciples. He's, he's talking to them and he's saying, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And he's using a metaphor, but immediately the disciples are like, what? Who forgot the bread? And they think Jesus is talking about bread and Jesus is having to explain to them again, no, 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 that's not the way of the kingdom. And he's, he's having to explain further, this is what it is to walk with me. This is what it is to be close. Uh, the disciples again, they are, are showing kids away from Jesus. They're saying, don't bother Jesus. And Jesus is transitioning them. He's teaching them. And he says to the disciples, no, 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 let the children come to me. It's different. And there's a whole transition that takes place when we go from the shallow to the deep. There's a whole process. It isn't actually something that you just wake up one day and you're like, yeah, I'm in deep relationship with Jesus. No, it's actually a daily thing. And we see it in this three-year process. There was a whole process that took place. When I look at the Word of God again, uh, there's a great story in the Bible. It's a great book. It's called the Book of Esther, which I like. Uh, and in this story as well, we see that there is a transition that takes place for this girl, this, this, this woman, from being uh, outside of the palace of the kingdom, from being an orphan 
to being in the actual kingdom. There's a transition that takes place. And in Esther chapter two and verse 12, it says that that transition was 12 months of beauty treatment. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good transition. And so she was given 12 months of beauty treatment, six months with the oil of myrrh, and six months with special perfumes. And when I looked uh, further into the scripture, when I looked at what the oil of myrrh did, what its function was in those ancient days, its function was to clean and heal wounds. Its function was to clean out toxins and prevent further infection. And I just wanna say in this time where Jesus is drawing us closer, he's drawing us closer so that we might be so close to him that he can clean and heal our wounds. That the transition that takes place is when he comes and he, he, he gets to the core of the issues in our life and he cleanses us and he heals us so that it prevents further infection. So when we go into the next season of life, we're not so easily offended. We're not so easily insecure. We're not so easily anxious or worried or fearful. But in this time, the deepening of relationship, it involves Jesus coming close and bringing health to our souls. And so I pray for you in this time that you that your spirit and your heart would truly understand that, that Jesus brings us close, not to expose us, but he brings us close to heal and to love. And so as I said before, you know, deeper, it's not, it's not a season, right, that begins and ends. Deeper is daily. Deeper happens every day and we come close to God every day and we understand that he comes close to us. I look at the story in Luke in chapter five of Peter where, where Jesus gets in Peter's boat after he's been fishing all night And then Jesus says these words to Peter. He says, Peter, go out where it is deeper. Do you know what doesn't happen at this moment? Peter doesn't look at Jesus and say, oh, um, how do I do that? Peter is a fisherman. He already knows how to go deeper. It's already in him. He's lived it out every day. There's not like a, Jesus doesn't give him instruction about how to go from this point to a deeper point in life. And in the same way, I think the metaphor works that we were created by God, for God, to run on God. It's actually the most intuitive thing for us to go deeper. It's the way we do our relationships. It's time. And haven't we had more time? It's conversation. It's vulnerability. It's truth. It's connection. It's regular and it's consistent. If we bring those things to any relationship we have in our lives, the natural result is that it gets deeper and deeper. And in the same way, I just wanna encourage everyone today, it's not hard to come close to God. He has made a way for us to come close. It's in us. It's so intuitive that we just come close. And so that first point that I can just sense the Spirit of God saying, come closer, come on, walk with me. But that coming close is not only for comfort, right? And, and I, I wanna say this, God's got nothing against comfort. He, the, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. It's just that comfort isn't the goal. Good. That coming close to God isn't just for healing and comfort. That actually coming close to God is for a purpose. Right. That we walk with God so we can work 
with God. In fact, the first blessing pronounced over humanity is that we would be fruitful and multiply, that we would work, we would tend, right? Coming close to God is not an excuse to sit back, max and relax, right? Coming close with God, He heals and He is faithful and He is loving and He is good, but it is for a purpose. It's so we might work with Him. And so when we come close to God, there's a shift that happens. We come close to God, we walk with Him, and now we work from His presence, not for His presence. Now when we're close to God, we're not trying to earn His love in our every day. We're not trying to prove that we're worthy. We're not worried about whether our performance in in our, our lives every day is good enough because we're close enough with Christ that we know already we're working from His presence. No, God is with me every day. And that produces, that closeness, it produces a confidence, a confidence in us to take risks a confidence in us to to be faith-filled and to try something in God and hear God say, hey, why don't you go go, go out and pray for this person or or why don't you bless this person or why don't you message this person? All of a sudden, there's not the same worries that we used to have. What will people think of me? But that's because we're close enough with God. We know what He thinks of us. Our identity and our confidence is safe in Him. It... um, reminds me of one of my favourite stories in Luke in chapter 10, and it's the story of Mary and Martha. And I, I like this story because I see myself very much in this story. And Jesus, he goes to the house of Mary and Martha, and Martha does, uh, I think, what I would do uh, in, in life, that if someone were to come to my house, I'm immediately thinking, how can I feed them? That's my love language. It is food. I just want to feed people. And so Jesus walks, comes over with the disciples to Mary and Martha's house, and Martha immediately goes to work. And Martha immediately begins to make dinner and do all the, these things. And she looks across and she sees Mary, who's sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha complains and she says, Jesus, don't you see? Don't you see? Mary is just sitting there. She's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. And Jesus says, Mary, Mary knows what's important. She has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Now, a lot of people say that we need both of those, uh, I guess, archetypes of service and of worship in, in, in the church. We need both Mary's and Martha's. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I, I get the sentiment of that. I think Mary, it's, it's not that Mary wasn't working. It's just that Mary knew what Jesus desired. And she was able, from from being close to Jesus, she was able to give Jesus what he desired, and that was an uninhibited attention. And it's not about not serving, but it's about where we serve from. It's not about not working, it's about where we work from. And here Mary has discovered we work from the presence of God. And so, uh, again, we go back to the story of Esther, where Esther chapter 4 She is now in the palace. She is queen and there is a crisis in the land, kind of similar to what we're walking through now. There was a crisis in the land. Her people were in danger and there was something that she could do. She could go to the king and she could ask for help. But if she were to go to the king and the king didn't accept her in the throne room, then she would be put to death. 
And in Esther chapter four, verse 15, this is what she says to Mordecai. She says, uh, Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days and I will do the same. And then though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. And if I must die, I must die. And I just think that that scripture, that story, this poignant moment is amazing that Esther would have the confidence, Queen Esther would have the confidence to take this risk. But I think, where does that confidence come from? And it shows us in the scripture, when there was crisis, uh, Esther didn't go and ask Mordecai, can I just have another coffee with you and just talk through the issue? Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but Esther knew ultimately where her hope would come from, where her confidence would come from. And in that point of crisis, she says, the only, she, she knows the only way the situation is gonna change is if I partner with God. And it's this, okay, if I'm gonna work, then I need to work with God. And I, wanna, I hope you're encouraged that God actually partners with people. Do you know, um, God doesn't actually need us to do anything. <laughs> he is God. He could do it all himself. But story after story in the Bible, we see God wants to partner with people. He wants to work with people. Uh, a story that has blown my mind in recent times is in Exodus in chapter 32, Moses. It has blown my mind. So Moses is up on Mount Sinai and he's you know, getting instructions from the Lord about, about the Israelites and how they should live. Meanwhile, the Israelites at the bottom of the mountain, they're getting impatient. And so they decide someone's got a great idea to create an idol, a golden calf. God knows what's going on and he's on, the, on top of the mountain with Moses and God says to Moses, I'm so angry at these rebellious people. I'm just gonna destroy them all. And uh, Moses, this, this incredible thing happens. Moses says, he just prays and he says to God this really simple prayer. Uh, hey, hey God, uh, remember these are your people, you love them. Uh, don't let the Egyptians have the glory. Um, and you know, just remember the promise you made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's all Moses said. And you know what happens? God changes his mind. I, now, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know that I walk out my journey in faith with God knowing that me, I can change God's mind about stuff. Wow. That I can just pray a prayer and, and God can change his mind wow. about what's going on. But here in Exodus, this is like the beginning of the Bible, God shows, I guess it's not so surprising that God changed his mind, but it was more that he was inviting Moses into this partnership, saying, Moses, I hear you. I think God is the God of promise. He was always going to bring the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. But in the process, he brings Moses into this great partnership. We see it again in, in Genesis. What's the first thing that God asks Adam to do? Name the animals think God can't name the animals? <laughs> God can name the animals. God can do whatever he wants. He's God. But from the beginning of time, from the genesis of humanity, God is shouting out, I want to partner with you. I want to be so close. I want to walk this thing called life out with you. And I hope you can feel it and hear it and sense it. But I know that I, I understand the tension of 
What do you mean I can change God's mind? God is God. In John 15, it talks about abiding. And when we abide, right, when we come close, when we go deeper with God, when we remain in Him, uh, when, when we choose to be in the same location as God, we become transformed by who we have relationship with. And in the same way as we come close with God, our heart changes to desire what God wants. And in that same way, we can ask and God will do it. In that same way, we ask because our desires and our heart has changed towards the same desires and the same heart that God has for our community, for our neighbourhood, for our families, for our friends. And I want to encourage us, come on, ask. Come on, open your mouth and ask God, ask God to to heal. Ask God to restore the relationships. Ask God to make you influential in your workplace or your high school. Man, God wants that. I mean, that's just why he says in, in John 14, ask in my name and I'll do it. He says it in John 16, ask and you will receive that your joy might be complete. And so today, just those two things about going deeper with God to walk with Him and to work with Him. I believe in this season, this has been the time of coming closer to God, but also it's been the time that as we've come close, that God has whispered through close relationship ideas and strategy, and He's allowed dreams to come alive again. And I just wanna encourage you, those dreams coming alive again, that's God. And as the lockdown levels decrease, I pray that the dream that God has put in your heart, that would increase, that we wouldn't just wave it away like, oh, that was a crazy dream I had when I had a lot of time on my hands. But you would understand that the Spirit of God is birthing something or rebirthing, awakening in you a dream that could change the trajectory of not only your life, but of the life of people around you.